revolution Well, you know We all want to change the world You tell me that it's evolution Well, right. Hello, everybody. There we have it. Off the top. We are here. It is late, late. In fact, it is within in the next two minutes. It will not actually be Sunday any longer. It will be Monday. Um, We are here. The old fox, Joe Aguinaldo and Dan the Mouth Lavransky here with the AEW Revolution aftercast here. Going to run through the whole show, give our thoughts on it. Uh, Show was just about what I thought lengthwise. Uh, You know, like I said, we're hitting midnight here right as we start. So uh, it was another, like, basically five-hour extravaganza here. The opening pre-show was called Zero Hour. It was hosted by Renee. They had RJ City there doing some uh, kind of red carpet parody stuff. And um, and they had they only had one match, which I kind of thought was good. I, I don't like it when they crowd the uh, warm-up show with too many matches. No, uh, but but the thing is, this match was actually a pretty good match. It was. So. It, was cra- it was. It was crazy. Yeah. So I kind of liked this. I kind of liked the way they did this with Renee just interviewing various people uh, for a lot of this. Uh, she did one with Callis uh, uh, at one time. We, uh, you know, where they talked about, um, you know, who's going to win this match. Paige going to win, and Callis is like, you know. You know, Moxley's twisted. Renee said, you know, he thinks about this stuff like a hobby. Um, Callis said he wanted a definitive winner in this match with Moxley and Hangman because the level of violence between the two shocks even him. Renee hopes it uh, ends tonight. Uh, She also asked him about the House of Black as they are featuring feature facing the elite in the trios tag match. Callis said, we don't know how to repair how to prepare for these guys. We're worried what they can do in a match like this. And Renee says, well, yeah, they mean they want to take over. The, they want to run the company. And this line, I love this line that Callis said. He goes, he said he thought the House of Black were phenomenal wrestlers. And when you take away the other stuff, this matchup with the elite is going to be pretty wild. So I like it. He was kind of almost saying, yeah, when you put the gimmick aside, uh, these guys are actually really great wrestlers, yeah, what, which is what- true. Where have we heard that before, Dan? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly, right? Okay, so uh, after that, we had uh, the match. Uh, it was a six-man, so it was Mark Briscoe joining the Lucha Brothers against um, Tony Nese, Ari Davari, and Josh Woods. As you said, Joe, this was a pretty crazy match. Um, I, I liked. I don't know if those were new outfits for Penta and Phoenix, but I liked. I love the way that Penta was not in black for a change. Yeah, they they had like that red and gold thing happening. Yeah, right? yeah, I yeah, really, yeah. I really liked it. Um, this crowd is hot. The, yep. the, this show really benefited from this audience tonight because they were hot and they really they maintained it almost the entire night. I mean, they kind of did the predicted thing in the um the Iron Man match where they just kind of drop off because you know, it's not going to get amazing until the last 10 minutes. And that's pretty well, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) And the crowd came alive at the end, but we'll get there, but they were hot right out of the gate and they were super hot for this match. Like they were just going wild and rightly so. I mean, you know, (laughs) there was this match. It summed up in 
there was a spot right near the very beginning. The match has literally started. I think the bell has just rung. And I think we're not even 10 seconds in. And Phoenix is doing an amazing high-flying body press off the top. I'm like, that sums up this match right here. It was like craziness right out of the gate for the whole time. Um, they went nuts for a while. They settled down for a bit. The heels worked over Penta. Um, the crowd, of course, they love Phoenix. Anytime he's in there, they're just going nuts. Um uh, the crowd also loved Briscoe, though, too. I mean, I think they love seeing Mark Briscoe out there with the Briscoe, uh, with the Lucha Brothers. You could tell he was having a good time out there with these guys. They're all doing dives to the outside. Uh, they have to do one of those five man combo moves with everybody. Oh, God. Yeah. The multi-man <laughs> suplex. Um, um, there was one part where uh, Woods had something and he corked Briscoe with it, but the Luchers came back with double super kicks to save him. Um, the Luchas- yeah, I think I think that was supposed to be like a, a laptop or something like that. Is that what it was? Yeah, okay. um, it kind of just shattered, so I couldn't really tell what it was. Yeah, like one of the announcers was like, "Oh, is that Mark Sterling's notebook?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay." So okay, um, and um, they they the Lucha Brothers also did that that crazy combo where they've got the one guy's on Penta's back, and then the other guy's bent over, held by Phoenix, and they drop them both down at the same time. And um, the finish, uh, Briscoe, of course, they let him have the finish. He gets the froggy bow off the top on Davari for the pin. And Penta gave Mark Sterling the fear factor afterwards. So, yeah, I mean, it was a good for like pre-show match. It was a good warm up match and got the crowd like the crowd was going nuts for this. They were so wound up big time. Although it's it's just weird to see the Lucha Brothers on a on a pre-show. The warm up. <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I mean? True Cause enough. Because it, but... it's the Lucha Brothers, right? True enough, but they didn't really have much for them to do. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. Storyline wise, anyway. So, okay. So we had a um, couple. Of these some of these segments with RJ, they were pretty silly. Uh, he's with the JAS at one point. Um, <laughs> he's feeling. Um, he's feeling Buddy's nipples there. Um, he says RJ has dog breath. Um, <laughs> Parker's ranting and raving, and RJ says, "Yeah, you're mad because you're banned." And, uh, and, and and Parker's like, no, I don't care about that. It's my hair. And he was all freaked out that his hair was all messy and sloppy. Uh, Garcia says Starks is soft and Jericho has the match in the bag and we're going to celebrate. Jericho comes in right at the very end and they're all yelling and screaming. Um, they also had one with RJ with Tony Storm. Uh, he asked about strategy. She said, why would I tell you that? Um, he asked about her jacket. She said, I don't want to talk about that. And he asked about the hip attack and how she's now calling it sweet chin music. And he asked about the spray paint and she replied by spray painting a big L on his jacket. (laughs) Oh, my Uh, God. (laughs) um, Britt was with Renee. Um, The crowd's chanting DMD. Britt says, um, when I was champ, everybody paid attention. Now Jamie Hayter's holding the belt. And we're proud. She said, it doesn't matter where you came from. We don't care. Um, and uh, Renee says, you know, what does Hater represent? Britt says she's what you see. She lives and breathes wrestling and just wants to hurt her opponent. Um, uh, Renee asked her about Soraya and Storm. Britt says they don't care about what they're doing. If you don't get on the AEW train, we don't care. Uh, Renee asked what she wanted to see. And Brett took a shot at MJF and said, well, you know, I'm certainly glad we won't have 30-minute promos anymore every week, which I thought was <laughs> kind of funny. And then uh, Britt said MJF is an evil genius, and he will try every trick in the book. 
And then Renee also asked her, her a little bit about the new All Access show. Britt said she was in it, and she's all fly. Um, they had RJ with Hobbs at one point. He said, um, RJ asked him about, hey, are you happy to be home? Hobbs said, hey, there's more important things to talk about. Hobbs has got that stupid big gaudy gold ring with him. It just looks ridiculous when people <laughs> hear that round. Um, yeah, so that was that was about you know, basically it for that. Rene um, also was with Sanjay Dutt. The crowd booed Dutt huge. Big time. Yeah, yeah. He's really good, though, man. He I is. really He's, like him. He is a good heel. Yeah. Um, Rene asked about the tag title match. Of course, Dutt predicted that Double J and Lethal would be the tag champs. And he also claimed he was coming out in a new suit and that people better put him over. <laughs> uh, and he said he said he was going to even have a matching pencil. The pencil would even match the outfit. Um Rene asked what's the biggest threat to Jeff Jarrett and Lethal, and he said the AEW fans, and he went on about their lack of respect. And he almost kind of teased an alliance with the guns, too. Uh, This was good. Tony actually came out and told us the rules for this buried alive thing that's going on with Christian and Jungle Boy, because all we saw was the end of that vignette on Wednesday and really didn't get any rules. Um, It was a total just ripoff of a casket match. Uh, they had a casket there. Um, Tony was having some trouble with his voice tonight, especially during this segment. His voice sounded like it was ro- going. In fact, I almost thought they brought out JR because Tony can't talk. But they did let Tony do the last half of the show. Uh, so he says, you battle up to the casket, um, and was, the match is won by when the other one person locks the other in the casket, shuts it, and you commence with the burial. So it's basically casket match. Yes, yes, it is. And finally, to sum up, finish off the show, we had Adam Cole with RJ. Um, They've talked about the AEW Access show again and how Cole will return to wrestling on Dynamite the same week that the show debuts, which is March the 29th. Cole was acting pretty heelish in this, I thought, considering how much he's been acting super babyface lately. Um, But he did, of course, get the huge pop when he did the Adam Cole baby at the end there. The crowd went nuts for that. Well, the... the Uh, the other thing too is that like he he like and he's done this a couple times. He keeps saying that he wants to be the best in AEW, and it's like why don't you just say you want to be the champ? Like yeah, you know what right, I mean? Like right. come on. Um. So then to finish it up, they had Renee and RJ together. They were both kind of freaked out by the casket match. Uh, we saw Jr's introduction, and that was basically the end of Zero Hour. Um, a lot of it was just silly and goofy. But honestly, I enjoyed it way more than, say, a WWE warm-up show. Oh, dude, they... I was thinking the exact same thing, man. Like, I I liked the fact that Renee kind of – like, she played the straight character, and then RJ was kind of the, the, the comedic do- yep. guy. But, but it still made sense. And, like, what I really appreciated, too, and it was you, – you mentioned it when you were talking about Don Callis. Like – it was it was this weird mix of uh, like it was entertainment interview and strategy for matches. You know, what do you think of this Mox Adam Page thing? How did you prepare for the House of Black? Like I, I that that segment especially with Don Callis, I really really enjoyed. And and uh, yeah, like compared to 
at least lately anyways, the WWE pre-shows where you just have like, you know, Booker T and Sam Roberts or whoever uh, sitting around a table just sort of, you know, well, making the thing stupid is, jokes. Like, this the was, thing is, exactly, at least if the, you're going to make stupid jokes, this was putting over the performers, talking yes, to the performers. Yeah. Like the WWE ones, it really is just them yeah. shooting the shit. Or it's like it's ridiculous. It's yeah. this, this at least – Whereas, again, it had a, a huge element of silliness to it. I enjoyed watching it a lot more. And I actually felt that it did a better job of warming you up for the show than the WWE ones. That's for sure. Yeah, like, like even like take the Tony Storm thing. Like it was that would definitely was silly. But at least she got over, you know, doing her the like this, the spray mm-hmm. paint gimmick thing. Yeah. right? that's what yeah. they do. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I, I really thought this was a fun um, you know, opening show compared to some of the WWE stuff we see. Yeah, ex- absolutely. I didn't feel like I was wasting my time. Yes, yes. And the match was good, too. Like, you had a mm-hmm. good match, right? And I, and actually, I like the fact they kept it to just one match. Yeah, big time. Because they've done these warm-up shows before. And the <laughs> they, whole... they, they try to fit five matches yeah, on. Yeah, it's exactly. It's yeah, another yeah. Three, four matches. So this I, I enjoyed this much better. Okay, so let's get into the actual show here. Um we started off with Ricky Starks and Jericho, and this is the one where the Jericho Appreciation Society are banned from ringside. Uh, again, we had the super hot crowd. They really helped this match. They were so friggin' insanely into this. Um, they gave him about 15 minutes here. Starks just goes nuts right out of the gate. He attacks Jericho. He just tosses him out, tosses him out of the ring, dives on him. Uh, Jericho gets control, though, and then tosses him into the barrier off the apron. And Jericho starts to go after the lower bark, the lower back of Starks, which uh, Starks had taped up. Although it looked like with like one row of tape. It yeah, it was, like, that was a weird tape job, man. <laughs> it was the weakest tape job I've ever seen. It's, like, <laughs> it's almost like Starks forgot he was supposed to tape up his ribs. And then about a minute before the match, he realized it did one like, section around and then ran out there. So he's like, Oh shit, I got to get this. Yeah. Thing down. Oh damn. <laughs> um, so yeah, Jericho's working the back. He's doing the, the abdominal stretch. Uh, Starks finally gets control after a DDT. Um, but then Jericho comes back with a death Valley driver for an ear fall. Um, there was one part where Starks tried to get his spear, but Jericho actually stopped him mid-spear and hit him with a code breaker. That was actually, I love that spot. That was really yeah, well done. looked really good. Yeah. Uh, of course, they went nuts on just slapping each other across the face. Uh, Starks finally did get a spear, but Jericho managed to kick out. Um, Jericho got the walls on, and the crowd was going wild. They're just screaming, carrying on. But Starks gets out of it, turns it into a single-leg crab. At this point... Uh, Jericho's in trouble, so Sammy G runs down, even though the Jericho boys are not supposed to be at ringside. But Action Andretti was somewhere. I don't know where he was. <laughs> I don't know if he was in the crowd or under the ring or what, but he came out. He cut off Sammy G pretty quickly. Uh, Jericho, though, tries to go for the bat, which came, he came out with at the beginning, uh, while Aubrey was distracted by all this stuff with Sammy G and Action Andretti. Uh, he gave Starks a shot in the nuts. And Jericho went for the Judas effect, but Sparks blocked him, and the crowd went nuts when he did that. And he takes over, and he gets the Rojambeau, and he pins Jericho. Um, That's the outcome I think we needed. That's the outcome I think everyone expected. Uh, I didn't think it was a mind-blowing match in the ring. 
but the crowd, <laughs> the crowd was so off the charts for this. They really helped this match a lot. I thought the crowd really helped make this match. They were really solidly behind Starks. Yeah, no, I I agree. Like, look, it was a. I'm not gonna say it was a horrible match, but it wasn't like you know some of the openers that we've seen on paper sure, before. Sure. Um, but yeah, had that crowd and had that crowd not been as loud as they were, oh, yeah. I, think, I think this would have this this could have been a like we've seen better opening dynamite matches than we did with Jericho and Starks. Mm-hmm. But that said, it, you know it was a, it was a fine opening match. But you're right, the crowd really made that match. Okay, so after this, we and the other thing I'll, I'll mention it here too. Um, the pacing on this show was fantastic. Hell yeah. Hell they did, yes. They did not waste a single minute. No. As soon as something was done, we were right into the next match. We didn't, I mean, we got a couple times we got recap vignettes and stuff, but, but, very, but nothing, nothing crazy though. Cause no, like, it was good. Like, I was kind of on WWE EC, like Elimination Chamber timing. So after the Jericho match, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to go grab like a drink. And I came back and like I was literally a minute and Christian Cage is already making his way to the ring. I'm like, oh, crap. (laughs) Like what's going on? Yeah, I enjoyed that. There was no, I think, well, I think they knew, right? We've yeah. got nine matches. Yeah, you got to We don't have time. And yeah. With one of them being an hour, we don't yeah. have time to fool around, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. So right into the next match, and it is Christian against Jungle Boy. This is the final burial. You have to put your opponent in the casket to win. I love it how Christian actually works the turtleneck into his ring gear. <laughs> He just looks such like such a dick in a turtleneck, even when both the arms are cut off and stuff like that. Dude, when, when he came when he came out the turtleneck with the sleeves cut off, I I immediately thought of you, <laughs> thinking ah, like you know, I loved total it. heel, right? I loved it. I loved it. Uh, this one they gave him about 15 minutes. Uh, they battled at ringside right off the bat. Um, there was one part where Jungle Boy was going to do a dive, but Christian just jumped over the barrier into the crowd. So they take off and they fight in the crowd for a while. Again. Crowd is amped. Crowd is Big loving time. this yep. match. At uh, one point, Jungle Boy just grabs some guy's beer and just soaks Christian, just pours it all over Christian's head. And the guy, me, I would have been upset you took my beer. This guy did not. He was. He loved it. He was in heaven. He's part um, of the show. Yep, yep. Uh, so they, they fought in the crowd for a while. They make their way back to the ring. They fight up the ramp a little bit because that is where the casket is, at the top of the ramp. Um Christian, he's just trying to stay away from getting into the ca- uh, casket. Uh, Christian, Christian did this he, really. This, I mean, these are the spots that always make me cringe because it's something you're familiar with. There was one spot where Christian stood on Jungle Boy's hair and pulled his his head upwards with the by the arms. Oh like, yeah, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. hurts, oof, man. Oof. Yeah. Um, this crowd was so into Jungle Boy. There was even an F.U. Christian chant during this <laughs> match. Um, and then when Jungle Boy got control at one point, they were yelling, fuck him up, Jungle Boy. <laughs> like yeah, this, big time. This crowd was loving Jungle Boy. Um, uh, there was one point where Jungle Boy was going to stomp Christian's hand on the steps. This was one of the turnaround spots. He had Christian in place, but Christian actually pulled his hand out of the way. And then he swept Jungle Boy's legs and Jungle Boy standing on the steps. So he hit the steps hard on his back. And um, Christian took over at that point. He actually took Jungle Boy's belt off his pants and whipped him with it for a while. Um, 
then and they got him up by the coffin he's actually strangling him with the belt he opens up the coffin uh for some reason christian they said they made it sound like christian did it in advance but the coffin had chairs inside it <laughs> yeah very yeah. handy um <laughs> So they went back and forth trying to toss each other into the coffin. They did have dirt around the coffin, although the dirt never really came into play or anything. Actually, it, uh, it did once when Christian threw dirt into Jungle Boy's oh, eyes, right? That one true. time? Yeah, yeah. Um, Christian tried for the kill switch on the chair, but Jungle Boy tossed him off the stage. And then he did this crazy, like, somersault senton yeah. off the stage onto Christian. So uh, Christian's down. Uh, Jungle Boy's coming at him with the chair, but Christian give him gives him the low blow. Uh, Christian's bouncing his head off the coffin lid and puts him in it, but Jungle Boy wouldn't let him close the lid. And you had to close the lid. That was how you won the match. So Jungle Boy gets out of there. Christian threw the dirt in his face, gave him the kill switch, and then he put his head on a chair, and he was going to give him a concerto, but Jungle Boy got out of there. And actually, Jungle Boy grabbed the shovel, um, so he was swinging this big shovel and then they were using the shovel on, a, on each other, trying to choke each other with the shovel. Uh, Jungle Boy actually did get the snare trap on Christian and he had the shovel in Christian's mouth, just reefing back on it. And Christian actually went out, knocked out, but he can't win until you put him in the casket. So he still <laughs> had to get him into the casket. Um, but then for some reason he sets up like the concerto, like he's going to give him the concerto on the crowd. They don't care about logic. They're cheering like mad. For this. <laughs> um, uh, but this time, at least not unlike on the TV, he didn't wait and he, he corked Christian huge. Oh, that, that, that friggin' chair, like that, that I, chair took some damage. man. <laughs> like he did the classic thing where you hit the top of the chair just above the guy's. Yeah. yeah. Head, so, but it still looked nasty. Like I think Christian's head took a part of that. Um, in well, fact, it looked not. so nasty <laughs> that there was a there was a huge holy shit chant. Yeah. Um, after that, and then he put Christian in the coffin. Uh, but he took his time closing the lid, but he did get him in there, and he kind of he kind of like stood there looking at the coffin before he closed it. And I, I there was the idea that kind of that he, Christian had been his mentor, and now yeah. here he was. You know, I have to bury this guy get him out of my life he was once my mentor then he finally closes the lid and then the coffin fell in the hole i don't know if that was supposed to happen i i think it was like it like they closed and then it dropped and i was yeah. like whoa what the hell <laughs> it was weird because it seemed like jungle boy just um closed it too heavy and it broke the supports or whatever <laughs> the thing just fell i don't know oh so, god and again uh so we have uh jungle boy's your winner again the winner to obviously the guy that should win this match, especially after they had to do that terrible one because Christian was hurt before. I'll so. admit too, like like I was not up on that match, and especially after they they had announced that it was a final burial. But you know what? That wasn't bad, and at least they kept the gimmick like just to the end. You know, yes, it was, it was mainly a yes. fight until the end. That's and right, it, and it still made sense. So I was I was I was fine with it. And and again crowd was ballistic yes crowd. and that that always helps when the yeah. crowd is ballistic crowd was crowd didn't care what it was how silly it was they were totally into seeing jungle <laughs> boy win that match okay so up next that's uh, the trios titles so it's the elite against the house of black house of black being malachi black uh buddy uh, king and um uh no sorry brody king and um buddy matthews and of course, the elite is the Bucks and um, Kenny Omega. Now, 
this <laughs> I have to say, um, I'm sure a lot of you saw this. Uh, we had a contest running on the Facebook page. How many super kicks in <laughs> this pay-per-view tonight? And Randy, Randy was going to sit down and count. Well, I hope Randy <laughs> did okay because, man, there was a lot of super kicks. And in this match, in this match alone, yeah. I, I, I look forward to seeing what the grand total was because I'm sure it was pretty high. Um, okay, so, of course, Don Callis. Uh, joins on commentary crowd again it's the elite you know it's the bucks and omega crowd was going hot for this too they were really really wound up and i loved the thing i loved about this match is that instead of just being a crazy like you know kind of what we saw with the lucha brothers and that on the pre-show this one had wasn't all just crazy stunts and in no. fact, it started off with some pretty cool wrestling with just Buddy Matthews and Omega. And uh, I really enjoyed the fact that um, it, they, they would take these breaks and do some wrestling. And it wasn't just all friggin the crazy, you know, diving and super kicks and stuff. Um, the crowd got into a This is Awesome chant really early because, again, these guys were just friggin amped. They just loved this show. Yeah. Um, Black tagged in. It worked over Kenny for a little bit. I liked how, you know, again, Kenny doing some wrestling instead of chaos right out of the gate. You know how these matches usually start. I I would not have a problem if Malachi Black and Kenny Omega had a couple of singles matches. I think I think a lot of people will be thinking that coming yeah. out of this, Joe, because, uh, yeah, I, I felt the same way. I, I thought the, the, some, the stuff they did. And even um, Buddy. I thought Buddy oh, Max yeah, and Omega, too, uh, worked worked together really well in this one. Yeah, right um, at the beginning when they were doing like uh, like the trading moves back mm, and forth. Yeah. It, it looked really good. Um, a buddy got tagged in with Matt, and then it started with the crazy stuff, and they're all going at it, and everybody's flying all over the place. JR even called it a pure sixer, which is great. I haven't heard that term used in a long time. <laughs> um, and yeah, this just led to like insanity everywhere. But again, the crowd just they're loving every second of this. I have to say Brody King is reaching uh, the illustrated man status with his tattoos. He looks like he's almost completely covered in tattoos. Oh, and, um, and J- Jr. had a great line when um, like Kenny was on a chair on the outside and, and Brody hit the crossbody. And uh, Jr. is like, that's a lot of ink coming at you. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, that was he, awesome. He, he's just covered yeah Yeah. and i have it written down here black and omega were great together like i'm with you i think a a program perhaps maybe that's what comes out of that that this would be cool um super quick super kicks all over the place (laughs) 44 Um, yeah black Black and omega were doing crazy shots back and forth lots of knees man kenny ate a lot of knees in this match it seemed to me um Brody King did the hanging sleeper on Nick like he always seems to do, but Matt broke that up with a super kick. Super kick, yep. There was a snap dragon by Kenny Omega on Black that looked pretty wild. Um, Julia Hart actually distracted Omega at one point, but uh, and he he was uh, going back and forth with Black, but um, he ran at her and uh, he moved out of the way, and he ends up nailing her with the flying knee. She gets knocked off the apron. This allowed Black to try to pin him, but Nick flew in and broke it up. Uh, they got the Dante's Inferno on Omega, but Matt came in to break up that pinfall. Like, even Brody King does a crazy dive at this point. And the guy's like, you know, whatever they said, 289 pounds or whatever. <laughs> Insane. Um, 
the, the House of Black had Kenny cornered, and the, the crowd was just going nuts here. And the Bucks come in with super kicks galore. Omega tag, uh, tags Matt. They do the BTE trigger to Black. But Buddy broke up the pin. And the crowd, they were just biting on all the near falls in this. They were just yeah, actually, like every they, single one of them. They got me on that one. I thought they, they did. Me too. Trigger. I me thought that's too. where they were going to win. I did too. Um, uh, Matt called for the Meltzer driver. But Buddy Matthews ends up breaking it up. They get the Dante's Inferno on Matt. And they get the pin. So House of Black, they're the trio's champs now, which unfortunately means we're going to have to sit through a lot of their <laughs> promos. But I I can't knock their in-ring. Like you've, like you've always said, Joe, in-ring, they're fantastic. And I really loved the way they would do those segments with Kenny uh, to kind of put some wrestling in there. And it, it wasn't all just high-flying and stunts. Well, um, I, I also liked when Brody King was in because he, he was just a wrecking ball. Like there was mm. no... You know, he's he's not doing 450s and Hurricane Ranas and stuff. He's just going to come in and just, like, you know, punch in the mouth. So appreciated that, too. Um, now, coming out of this with the Elite and Kenny dropping the belts here, do you think, like, and the, the House of Black having them, what happens here? Is, it so, is something going to happen with Kenny and the Elite coming out of this? Or will they stay together? Because if the House of Black have the titles do we really we're not going to really see kenny versus black like we'd like to i i mean i could see them maybe doing one more rematch maybe but i'm yeah i'm curious to see where they go with this but again i i still think that you know um you, you know you split up the trio now and you have kenny you know going back into the the singles program like you know think about it kenny versus uh Adam Cole versus, mm-hmm. you know, MJF, for yeah, example, Moxley, right? whatever. Moxley, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then you have the Bucks going back and trying to get, you know, to the top of the tag team division because they right, should be right. in the mix, right? So now do we get House of Black against Death Triangle? I would not have a problem with that, although is, 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 is Pac, like, is he injured or where's yeah, he I been? I don't know what's... Yeah, he's another. He's disappeared again. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what's going on. I mean, look, if it's if it's Mark Briscoe and and the uh, and the uh, Lucha, Lucha Brothers, Brothers, I won't have a problem with that either because that would be sick, right? Uh, so at this point, uh, we're an hour into the pay per view, and Jr. takes his leave at this point, and Tony comes out. Uh, so that yeah, just use Jr. for the first hour of the pay per view. I I was glad. I didn't think they would use him for the whole show. No, but you know what? I I will admit, like I know that you and I have been somewhat uh, down on Jr. over the last few years, but he was actually really good in that hour that he was on. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the best with him is keep it limited, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Keep it limited, and it makes it special too, right? It's Absolutely. the Hall of Famer, right? Absolutely. Okay, so the first hour of the show, I thought, wow, it's really good. Now we come to the women's match next. Here it was Soraya versus Jamie Hayter versus Ruby Soho for the AEW Women's Title. Uh, they gave him about 10 minutes for this one. Uh, I see that Soraya and Storm now wear green to match their spray paint color. Um, Ruby's jacket actually said homegrown outsider. So, again, teasing that she's kind of on nobody's side or both sides or whatever. Um, this to me, I mean, this it was OK, but I thought there was a lot of sloppy stuff in this match. Um I, I still don't think Soraya is at top form. There are a couple times when I thought she just seemed to kind of be lost out there. Um, 
This one, yeah, there, you know, again, there's brawling in the crowd. Uh, they took out Ruby at one point, dropping her uh, on her throat on the barrier. So Saray and Hater were at it for a little while there. And then her uh, Hater drops uh, Soraya on the apron to take her out for a bit. That brings Ruby back. She does a flying body press off the top on Hater. Um, they all get to do big moves. They get some big moves in there. And at one point, they're all laid out together. But the crowd was into it. Again, no matter if I didn't think the match was that great, the crowd was really into it. Um, yeah, like let, let's get that out of the way. Like, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think I think this like I'm not gonna I'm not hating on the match. I, I didn't mind the match, but the crowd really helped. They did. They helped yeah, huge. Really I, helped. I, I, I think more than any other match to this point. Yeah. The crowd yeah. really helped it because again, yeah, it, it wasn't the greatest match. I didn't think, but and then I agree, it wasn't like it was you know, out and out Jade Cargill bad, but <laughs> there, I just didn't think it was, I thought it was sloppy in some places here. Yeah. Like um, I, I think, I think like what hurt was that it almost felt like they were, you know, and I pardon my French here, but it almost felt like they were trying to put too much, like they, they were trying to get all their shit in and they didn't mm-hmm, need to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, you know, they did a three person suplex spot, yeah, yeah. you know, which I don't think was really needed. Uh, Soraya had Ruby in a submission. Hater took her out with the nasty clothesline. Uh, Soraya gets taken out. This leaves Hater and Ruby, and Hater eventually gets her with the crucifix pin. Um, so that's the finish there. So Hater keeps the title pin in Ruby. Um, uh, Storm. Storm came in. She attacked Hater right away. Britt came in, but she got beat down as well. Uh, Ruby tossed Storm and Soraya and seems to be siding with Hater. But then she gives her the no future kick and she takes out Britt as well. Um, Storm is just freaks. She's all pissed off after she gets tossed out of the ring. She grabs a cameraman, smashes his camera. Um, And then they give Ruby the can of spray paint. And it's like, are you with us or not? And, of course, you know, she hedges a bit. And then she joins them and she spray paints uh, Brit and Hater, who they've laid out. So it looks like Ruby is joining the Outsiders. I love it, man. I think this makes this this makes Ruby Soho like 100 times more interesting than she's been over the last little while. I think she needs this. uh, She needs, you know, pardon the pun, but she needs this fresh coat of paint. Um, yeah, and I, and I, I think I think she's going to do great. Plus, you know, you've still got like, you know, sort of some unanswered questions with Sheeta. You know, when's Chris Statlander coming back? I think I think this is going to be pretty fun, <laughs> like to be honest with you. Um, and I thought I thought Ruby's heel turn made up for, let's call it the sloppiness of that match. Right. Because really right. it was the story that 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 was the important part of this match. All right, so up next was, uh, yes, here we go, the Oof. Texas Death Match. Yes, <laughs> All right, hang on, go. let me get ready here. <laughs> yeah. John Moxley, Hangman Page. Uh, again, as an old 70s rocker guy, you know, I love music from all decades, but I always have a soft spot for the 70s. I was, I was as soon as the opening chords of Hangman's music hit, I knew exactly what it was. Um, big hit when I was a teenager, Ghost Riders in the Sky, which is an old country tune, right. originally done by Vaughn Monroe, and Johnny Cash did it. But there was this great 70s southern hard rock band called The Outlaws, and it w- ended up being their biggest hit was this cover of Ghost Riders in the Sky. So Hangman, and it's the perfect music for Hangman, for his character and everything. Uh, I don't know if 
he's a fan and he suggested it or someone realized or whatever. But obviously, this is the first he's used it. I don't know if Tony Khan just bought it so they could use it on the pay-per-view. But I, again, added to Jane and uh, carry on my wayward son. I'm just loving the way they're using all these 70s uh, classic rock songs for the theme. So I, I, I was pumped already from the moment <laughs> I heard that piece of music there. But you know what? At the same time, though, Joe, you know what it did? It kind of, to me, it telegraphed the winner because he got this special treatment. Yeah, like, you can't. You know what? As soon as it's it was after I got through my initial enjoyment of hearing the song, right. it was like I started to think, wait a minute, you're giving him a special entrance. He's not going to lose. And that's kind of what happened. Yeah, well, um, and they, they did that later on in the night, too, but we'll get there. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, this was insane. I've, I did not know that part of a Texas death match was to have barbed wire boards at ringside, but apparently in this <laughs> apparently, version of Texas death match... <laughs> They have it because there were all these barbed wire boards. Um, Of course, Moxley, he comes through the crowd. And as soon as he came through the gate to get him from the crowd to the actual ringside area, Paige just ran at him and they freaking started going nuts. They gave these guys a lot of time. This was almost an entire half hour, uh, 26 minutes long. Uh, So, yeah, and knockout and submission is the only way to win in this. There's no pinfalls in this. I for you know what it's it, I totally forgot that submissions were part of it. So, um, anyways, I'll get to that afterwards. So go ahead. Sorry, sorry, okay. I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, so yeah, so again, they're going from they're going for barbed wire right away. So of course Moxley gets <laughs> Moxley gets the barbed wire, but then Paige rips Moxley in the forehead. So you know Moxley said, "Look, you got to rip me open first. I got to get color first. So Moxley got color like very early on in the match. Um, there was a couple awkward spots. There was one where Mox had to sell while Paige was trying to wrap barbed wire around his leg. Yeah, that, that didn't look so good. Yeah, he was having trouble with it, and poor Mox had to kind of oversell a little bit there. Um, but it didn't work. Obviously, Mox takes over. He gets the barbed wire. He corks Paige in the head with it, so now he's bleeding too. Four four minutes in, and both guys are bleeding. yeah. Yeah, we couldn't couldn't let it build for a little bit first. No, no they they could they couldn't wait for five minutes. It had to be four. <laughs> I just can't believe the way they have to have the color so quick. It's like, come on. I know, I know, I know. Uh, um, and then to, to on top of that, you know, Moxley channels Abdullah the butcher here <laughs> and comes out with a fork. So oh this. My God. This was just nuts. Moxie got him in a triangle and then just went to town with the fork, <laughs> stabbing him like total Abbey style, ta- stabbing him with the fork. He's bleeding all over the place. Um, Mox is covered. Page is covered. Crowd's just going nuts for this whole thing. There's also a barbed wire chair. Someone, someone did a really nice job and took a chair and wrapped it in barbed wire. It looked really, really good. Yeah. So he took that. He ran Paige's head into the barbed wire chair. Uh, he did the single leg crab on the barbed wire chair, although I don't know what kind of how that hurts him and really in any way. Uh, and then at this point, even too, because so much of this is Moxley beating down Paige, I'm like, Paige is winning this. Like, <laughs> if you look at this match, Mox had control, I would say, 80% of the match. Easily, um, yeah. He had, a, he had a lot, of, especially at the beginning. He had a lot at the beginning. Um, yeah, exactly. 
Uh, Moxley took two chairs with barbed wire, but then Page ends up powerbombing uh, Moxley on them. Uh, Page, Page has this crazy thing where he's got no shirt on and he wraps himself in barbed wire, um, but it didn't really amount to much because it was kind of a stupid idea. Um, Moxley got a cutter on Page, then went for more chairs, then he got a chain, then he got some bricks. He actually stuck Page's hands in the two bricks and stomped on it, which... I thought it was a good spot because everyone can identify with that. Mox gave him a pile driver on a chain. That crowd, looked that looked ugly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. And the, the, the crowd, of course, they're loving the carnage. They're going nuts. They're doing the this is awesome chant. Um, Paige corked him with more barbed wire around his forearm. Uh, Moxley did um, the backward slam into the barbed wire chair. And then he gave him the dead eye on the barbed wire. Uh, we're getting the holy shit chant at this point. Uh, Hangman did a dive off the top. Mox knocked Mark's, uh, Mox into one of those barbed wire boards. And then Page was up on the top, and Moxie just pushes him off the top, and he goes flying through one of those barbed wire boards at ringside as well. In fact, he almost missed it altogether. Uh, Mox gets him back in the ring, corks him with the big lariat. The ref counts, but Page gets up. Um Page goes for the buckshot, but Mox counters with the Death Rider, but Page still got up after that. Uh, Mox got the rear naked choke and put him out, and the ref counted again. Uh, Mox was yelling at Page, stay down, stay down, stay down, but Page gets up again. He gets the lariat, and he corks he corks Moxley with one of the bricks, <laughs> and he finally got the buckshot lariat, sent Moxley over the top, and was choking him with the chain. Yeah, because Mox had taken this chain and kind of put it around his neck for no reason other than it made him look like one of the Steiners or something. I don't know. Or um, Hercules, that's who. It made him look like Hercules Hernandez. So he had this chain around his neck. So Paige just took him with the buckshot and knocked him over the top rope and then kind of strangled, strangled him with the chain a la superstar Billy Graham and Dusty Rhodes. And so Moxley had to finally give up. And Paige actually tapped out, and Paige wins. And the crowd went nuts when Paige won the match. And again, it was the right finish for the match. Uh, it was pretty, pretty intense match. Big time. And, and again, like, I'm going to – so coming back to what I said about, like, I totally forgot it was a submission because when Mox tapped out, I was like, what? Wait a sec. I thought it was like a 10 mm. count, right? Um, well, that's what a traditional Texas death match is. Yeah, right? and, and and I I had like I was uh, on the Twitter page and a bunch of people were reminding me, yeah, like you know Excalibur had said a few times during the match that it was count out or submission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that aside, though, yeah, this match was crazy. Man. <laughs> it was just, it was uh, wow. I, I don't even know what to say other than it was. Well, it like, was basically what I expected. Yeah, I, yeah, I I did too. But still, like. You know, I expected carnage, but it was still nuts. Okay, so up after that, it's um, Wardlow versus Samoa Joe for the TNT title. Um, This one was over pretty quickly, but then I guess that's the idea. With you got the two giant guys are not going to go for like 30 minutes. No, 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 no. So um, Powerhouse Hobbs is up in a suite watching. He's got the stupid giant gold ring with him, even up there in the suite. Um I can't, you know what? I can't take that thing seriously, man. Well, no, of course you can. It just looks too ridiculous, right? Like, you, I don't mind it in the match, but that's it. Like, I don't want you walking around with it. Like, 
Yeah. No, I just, know, I know. I'm I just saying, just it, say, it, hey, I, I can't take it seriously. Shot. We don't need you to be walking around with a giant goofy gold ring. Like, I agree. I can't take it seriously either. I I don't mind it in the match, but yeah, the winner, no, no. The winner should not carry it around like the briefcase. It's that's I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, uh, so anyways, these two, yeah, it was, it was not long. They only gave him about 10 minutes, uh, but they're like, it was crazy. They're brawling. It was a lot of power stuff, obviously in this, although Joe likes to do crazy dives. So he did do one early in the match. Um, and then Wardlow did too. Wardlow did this crazy, like somersault backward dive into Joe off the top. Um, Joe starts to go after uh, the knees of Wardlow. He had the one knee in the submission, but Wardlow got to the ropes. And then Wardlow did, now it's an F5, but with Wardlow, they call it the F10. F10, yeah. Because it's yeah, yeah. five times more deadlier than Brock's. <laughs> uh, uh, so he did a, he did uh, the F10. He did the senton atomico off the top for a near fall. But then Joe got the submission on again with the rear naked choke. But Wardlow manages eventually to get his foot on the ropes to break it. Joe teases a power bomb and he mocks um, Wardlow's power bomb symphony by acting like the conductor in that. Um, and then Wardlow actually gets him though and gets the rear naked choke on Joe, which is not his thing, as the announcers tell us. Which is you know kind of like that's more associated with Joe than Wardlow. So that was a big a big spot. And Wardlow actually chokes him out to win the title. And he beats Joe in 10 minutes, which I thought, I, I realized the match shouldn't be long, but I thought 10 minutes was a little short, too. Yeah, I would have I liked to have seen these guys go a teeny, like, you know, give him 15, let's say. Just give, yeah. give us a little bit more. But I got to tell you, I'm shocked that Samoa Joe lost. It's, yeah, it is kind of strange, but I guess maybe they want to put that push on Wardlow and perhaps, you know, perhaps maybe Joe becomes a ring of honor focus. Right, now. right. Yep, yep. yep right. Yep. And you know um, what? I, uh, I don't have a problem with the uh, powerhouse Hobbs Wardlow match that's coming up this Wednesday. No, because again, they'll just, yeah, I'll be clubbering. They'll just yeah, be pounding on time. each other. I'm wondering... If, yeah, Joe maybe goes to Ring of Honor, because it looks like Briscoe is almost going to be an AEW guy, the way they've talked about it. So wonder maybe he stays, Joe goes to Ring of Honor. We'll see. Ah, it's going to be interesting, man. Okay, so after this, something that was not quite as interesting at all, <laughs> uh, because both Joe and I were not happy about this match going in, and the match certainly didn't do anything to make me feel any better. Uh, this was the... Four-way for the tag titles, uh, Jeff Jarrett and Lethal against the Guns, against the Acclaimed, against Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. Um, Sanjay did indeed have a completely new episode on. In fact, he was wearing more of like his native gear. Uh, both him and Singh had turbans on. And yes, he had a blue pencil rather than a yellow pencil, which was pretty crazy. Uh, Orange Cassidy and Danhausen came out dressed the same. Now, they followed Orange's dress code but they followed dan Housen's colors so they came out in jean jacket and jeans but they were both black so they were kind of dressed the same they both had the sunglasses on and uh caster's rap was like yeah it wasn't you'd think for a pay-per-view he'd really go out but it, he's done way better ones on tv than this oh one. yeah big big time like it was uh yeah and you know what like just sort of before you get go too crazy into this match like you you kind of hit it on the head like this is a match that we could have seen on a rampage 
You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like that that was yeah. how I felt about this match. Yeah, once they put like it was bad enough when they put Jeff Jarrett and Lethal in, but once they put Orange and Danhausen yeah, in, I'm exactly. like, oh come on, you gotta be kidding me. Like anyone listening, I like Orange Cassidy. I like Danhausen. Dan, I think you do too, but not in this particular no. match. No, no way. Of all the teams, especially when you set it up with all those battle royals, and yeah. these are the guys. These like, are the guys. Come yeah. on. And and oh. it, look, I I get that. Orange Cassidy and Danhausen are over, but you couldn't have just figured out like an all Atlantic match for 20 minutes. You know what I mean? I, uh, well, yeah, the other just, thing too, that you and I don't like is this, this, those guys, this brings full on comedy into this. And yeah. there's a lot of comedy. Yeah, this is like time. the tag titles. And, you know, we're just, we're kind of the old curmudgeons when it comes to that. We want to see the titles be defended seriously, not in a joke match. And this really was kind of a joke match, right? Um, you know, so Jeff Jarrett and Orange start things out. Um, they both end up doing their version of the strut. Jeff Jarrett does his first. Orange does his, which, of course, is nice and slow and lackadaisical with his <laughs> hands in his pants. Um, but, boy, man, when the guns got tagged in, holy cow, the crowd hates the freaking guns, man. Heat, they baby. Are, they got they are, heat. Do they ever? They have really great heat right now, man. The crowd just hates them. Um, the acclaimed gave Sanjay the scissor me timbers, which again, the crowd loved that. The crowd loved that. Uh, they were so on the guns that they did a huge ass boys chant. Like, I mean, huge. It was loud. Um, Singh, of course, gets involved. He tosses the guns over the top. Um, sings with Danhausen. Danhausen tries to curse him, but he almost got choke slammed. But Singh, but then Orange came in, took him down. Gun actually did the famouser to sing there that was his one big spot mr daddy gun there but then the guns tossed their own dad out um and, and again crowd was into it crowd liked it even with all the comedy and stuff um jeff jarrett tried to cork caster with the guitar but he got caught caster took it from him but then aubrey took it from him and this allowed lethal to run in cork caster with that golden globe or whatever <laughs> stupid award is they're walking around with uh, but Caster kicked out from that. Um, Aubrey pushed Jarrett, which was weird. And then the finish was Danhausen in with the guns. He went for a kick and missed, and they gave him the 310 to Yuma, which is their finisher, and they get the win. So the guns retain the titles, which is the right decision in th- in this match. A uh, crowd, but the crowd, man, oh, the crowd was booing like mad, man. Oh yeah, they were not happy. <laughs> oh man, and then it was great though. I forget which one, Austin or Colt. One of them grabs the mic and goes, "Yeah, well, who's the ass boys now?" You know, and the crowd just like totally booing them and stuff like that. But now, this might have been. I'm guessing this might have been the part in the pay per view where Joe Aguinaldo literally fell off his chair. And was probably so happy because at this point, as the crowd's booing them, they're demanding respect. Finally, FTR are back. Woo! <laughs> they came out. They went down to the ring. They went after the guns. They gave one of them the spike pile driver. They gave the other one the stunner machine. Um, Dax got busted open somehow. Yeah, and what I'm, happened? He, he, got, he got, yeah, you know, he got color faster than Mox did. That was that was really weird. I don't know what happened there, but and it was like pretty intense too. Yeah, like it was yeah. And by the way, like quickly. when they hit the shatter machine, I think 
I think it was one of one of the announcers actually said Shatter Machine, right? Right. And I I I read somewhere may in in passing, so I, I'm gonna have to double check this. So don't take this you know as as law here. But apparently that was like that's an old trademark that they had back in the WWE that ran out. So I'm wondering if they might start okay. using it. Because you know how they right. call it Big Rig right now, right? Yeah, right. So so when the announcer said Shatter Machine, I was shocked. I'm like, wait a second. That's – I thought that was WWE trademark, but apparently not anymore. So um, that would be cool if they start using that name again. But yes, to your point, Dan, when FTR came out, I will even I will even forgive – Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen and Jeff Jarrett and and Jay Lethal being in this match because FTR came out. That's, I how think I, the, that's how happy I am to see them. This might have been a classic example of the ends justify the means because, yeah, the rest of the match was just kind of silly. But the fact that the guns retain and we got FTR coming out and apparently they're back. Uh, that was good. They had a new T-shirt on, which looked pretty cool. Yep. So yeah, I was I was very happy to see them back as well. Me too. So that again, well, that was the best thing that could come out of that match, probably. Yeah, I'm totally okay with that. Like again, the match itself was fine, but you know, coming back to my point, we could have seen that on a dynamite or a rampage. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, rampage. And, like, yeah. Not, and not even a special one. Like we we would see that on any random Saturday or Friday night. And I just didn't feel like this was, you know, with all due respect, you know, I didn't feel this was a pay-per-view type match. All right. So that leads us into our main event uh, for the show. MJF, the champion defending against Brian Danielson, 60-minute Ironman match. Uh, The winner is the one with the most falls, and it has to be a submission or a pinfall. Um so I guess because they figured a 60-minute match wasn't long enough, they gave us like a 10-minute <laughs> intro for uh, MJF. Yes. With these, all these violins and cellos. And... And, and, to, and to your point about Hangman Page, when I saw the special entrance that MJF was getting, I'm like, he's not losing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's very, very much the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because it was a whole string section with, you know, cellos and violins, and they all had devil masks on, and MJF himself even comes out with a great big new robe um, uh, that said Iron Man on the back in big letters and his initials on the front and uh, all white and, and gold, and he was wearing a devil mask as well. Okay, so yeah, here we go. Hour long. Um, they kept the clock running. Well, they they started it off with the clock in the corner, but they didn't leave it in the whole time. No, they they would pop it on in like certain like you yeah. know they, like they they did it at fifteen minutes and at like half an hour whatever. So and uh, and this now this one this one the crowd acted just like what you'd expect a crowd to act in this kind of match, and especially after you they had been wild for everything else. They mellowed out in this match. Yes, yes, the big time. Yeah, they really did. They took it almost as it was almost like they felt they were this was the breather. And they all know that it's it's going to be the end. That's going to be the intense part, which is true. Yeah. Around the last 10 minutes, the crowd really got into it at the end. They were really, really animated by the end. But early on and there was so much here, you know, Um you know, of course, they're going to do a lot of, you know, right out of the gate, MJF did a lot of stalling. I mean, you got 60 minutes, right? So it's gonna, we're going to burn off some time here. He's wandering around in the 
in the crowd. Um, oh, there was one part where MJF looked at the camera and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, Dave, is this going to cost me a star? Oh, yeah, that was funny. Stalling, making reference to Meltzer there. Um, so he basically MJF, Brian comes out and his whole shoulder is all totally taped up. So of course MJF goes after that. Um, you know, and just keeps wrestling, trying to keep Brian down. Uh, he gets control about 15 minutes in with a power bomb off the top. You know, Brian's doing the running drop kicks. Uh, Brian came off the top, but then MJF got the soul of the earth right away. But then Brian got out of it. And then Brian gave him the reverse pile driver thing that he does. I forget what he calls it, but it looks pretty wild. Um, but Brian kicks out from that. Um, they did that. You, you know, there's a lot of the classic things you'd expect to see. They did that one spot where they've kind of got each other rolled up and they're in a cradle and they just roll around reversing the pinfall attempts. Right. right. Um, uh, at uh, the, about the halfway mark, Brian did this crazy running drop kick uh, right against the barrier. And I mean, he hit him hard. Um, now, the falls, I, I missed a couple of the falls, I think. MJF got one with a DDT at around the 20 minutes. But at that point, it's like three to two for MJF. So I missed, I missed a couple of the. Yeah, actually, hang on. Let me, let me, let me help you out with that. Okay, so Danielson got the first, the first fall with the uh, his psycho knee. Okay. So, but here's what happened. Danielson was going to go for the second knee, and MJF collapsed and he hit a low blow. Okay, so he got disqualified for the low blow. But because Danielson was hurt from the low blow, um, um, MJF got two quick pins, so it was two-two at that point. So, um, I th- which I thought was pretty clever until like once once Excalibur uh, explained it. So again, Danielson's up one nothing after the knee. He gets a low blow, so he's up two nothing. But because of the low blow, MJF is allowed to is able to get two quick pin attempts. So now it's two-two all of a sudden. Right, and, and then MJF got the DDT, yeah, and then that made it three two, three two, yeah, MJF, right? Yeah, he got the Heat Seeker. That's what you're talking yeah. about. Yep. And then, uh, and Brian got busted open at some point. I'm not. Did you? I'm not sure. Did you catch what busted him open? I didn't catch that. I I'm not sure. Like I just know he got busted open, and then eventually MJF got busted up open even more. He like oh, he hit a gusher. MJF Holy crap! Yeah. yeah, MJF was nuts. Um, uh, Brian did him the suplex off the top and gave him the diving headbutt, and the color that MJF did was insane. He must have just like taken half a bottle of aspirin before the- <laughs> it was- that knee. That knee must have hit a gusher because he hit something. So. It was insane. He was covered almost instantly. Right. Um. So Brian got a submission on him at that point, and MJF tapped. So then again, it's tied again, 3-3. Three, three. Yep. I have to admit, a lot of this part, I, I was drifting in and out of this match because, again, you, you know that it's really nothing's going to happen till the end. And I found I found they kind of kept going back to the same stuff all the time. And so after a while, I was kind of like, nah. I was, the match was kind of losing me until we got near um, – Till we got kind of near to the uh, the end there, right? And the crowd, and once the crowd got more into it as well, that kind of uh... see, it's 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 funny you say that because like for me, I thought that the first let's call it forty to forty five minutes flew pretty good, like it was really well paced. But to your point, the last fifteen minutes, I started losing interest. I started losing steam. So like you know, compared to say, remember the. Uh, 
Danielson versus Hangman Page like 55 minute match that they had like way back mm-hmm. at the beginning of last year. Like that one had no slow points. It was just it was go go go. This one I thought started like after Danielson got the uh, the submission to make it three all. Then it kind of got a little formulaic. Yes. You know. Oh really? I thought I I thought it felt like a little like like not maybe not formulaic. But to your point about going back to like the same things over and over again, like that's what I was noticing as well. See that I was seeing that more like in the early, the other parts of the match. I thought once they got to that part, I thought it's when it, the match kind of really kicked into gear. They, they got, I thought they got a lot more intense. They did that crazy stuff like Mox crying and Brian is just laughing. Yeah. Like yeah, I, yeah. I just felt the intensity level really came up there. Uh, near the end and the and the crowd of course helped that as well right see Um, i i think for me the problem was when they hit three three i was kind of half in my head going okay it's going to be a draw and mjf's going to retain right so i'll admit that's i think that's part of the reason why i I was out of the match oh okay you know what i mean so Mm-hmm. Um, See, I didn't go that way. I kind of thought, no, no. So I figured they were still going to get definitive winner. I didn't really think about the draw thing. It turns out, yeah, you were right, and I was wrong. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's see here. We've got less than five minutes left. Uh, MJF gets a pile driver off the top, which that looked sick. the very top. He stood yeah. at the very top, but he couldn't pin him because the move's so crazy. Uh, we've got two minutes left. Brian gets a single leg crab with a minute left. The audience is actually counting down, uh, uh, but the time, this was the way they did this. The, the crowd's counting down, you know, 10, 9, the final seconds. And then right as the time elapses, MJF taps, because Brian had him in the submission hold. But the time had run out, he tapped after the time ran out. So they say, okay, that's it. It's a draw because it's a tie. So MJF, the champion, retrain, retains. And it looks like that's the finish. And, ooh, the crowd is not liking that. No. The crowd is not. They're chanting bullshit, bullshit. Um, Brian's on his feet already. He wants to go. He wants to keep going. MJF is just totally laid out. They're giving him oxygen to try and help him out here. See, the, um, like, I'll admit that was the other thing, too. When they took the oxygen out, I'm like, okay, when's the – when have they ever done that? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and was, I hear you. That was right. kind of like something you see. Yeah. Yeah. To to me, that was kind of like red flag alert. I was like, okay, what's going on here, right? Uh, and then on top of that, you hear Tony in the background going, "Yes." Okay, hold on, just a second. Yeah, hold on, hold on. I got a message for you. Okay, hang on. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can hear him yeah. talking in yeah. the back. Yeah. Oh yeah. They yeah. played it up big that the Tony Khan got on his ear. Um. So Tony goes down to the ring. He talks to Justin Roberts and he tells him. Tony Khan says there cannot be a draw, so the match must continue and sudden death. So that means the very next pinfall wins it. Crowd, of course, is loving it, going nuts because they didn't want, they didn't like the finish in the first place. Um, they restart it. MJF gets the low blow. Brian kicks out. Uh, MJF grabs the belt. It looks like he's going to use it, but the ref tells him if you lose it, you lose the fall and the match. So the ref took the belt from him. But uh, that allowed MJF to get out the diamond ring, and he went to hit Brian, but he actually missed. Brian gave him a Huracan Rana, then he gave him the flying knee, but MJF still kicked out again. They really built the drama here yeah. at the end. Like th- the- this last overtime was really well done. It sure. was. This was yeah. great, yeah. Um, 
yeah, Brian gives him the Huracan Rana, the flying knee, but MJF kicks out again. Uh, Brian went back to the leg. He got the single leg crab, but MJF just would not tap, would not tap. He finally made it to the ropes. Um, and then he fell out of the ring and he rolls under the ring. And all of a sudden, the oxygen <laughs> tank is underneath the ring. I'm like, A, why would you leave an oxygen tank under the ring? And B, how did you know there was an oxygen tank was in that particular spot? So that was kind of lame. It's just like, yeah, for me, it was like, what? Why would the doctor put it under the yeah. ring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Brian, or sorry, MJF grabs the tank. He corks Brian with it. The ref doesn't see it. Uh, MJF gets the LaBelle lock on, but Brian still will not tap. And the crowd is just going nuts at this point. And then uh, I think Brian got out of it and MJF let, clamped it on again. And Brian actually tapped out. We saw Brian Danielson tap out. So MJF is still the champion. Again, I don't think anybody really expected they were going to take the belt off MJF yet. Um, you know, it was, it certainly wasn't a crappy match, but it did fall into that kind of pattern that Iron Man matches can get where you don't care as much about the first 40 minutes and it's really the last 20 to 15 minutes. Yeah. That is the most important. And that was totally true here. And the crowd bore that out as well. Well, so, and, and, and specifically in this case, the overtime, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. That was the show. Um, I enjoyed the show. It was it was long, but I didn't feel it was long because it was really well paced. And hundred percent agree with you on that. But yeah, they like, did. They, there was well, there was no parts to that were like the show did not have a chance to drag. They just no. things no. going and going and going, and uh, you had a really super hot crowd. The crowd really helped this pay per view um, a lot. Um, and, I, and I think that was a, a big part of it as well, because, you know, it was kind of funny because I was thinking about this after we did um, the recap on Wednesday. And we talked about how uh, it wasn't as an exciting go home show as some of the past ones were and that we'd be really pumped for the pay-per-view. And um, but then again, you'd watch some of those and you'd have those great the go home show would be good. And then the pay-per-view would be disappointing. And this was kind of the other way around where the go home show wasn't great, but the pay-per-view was was definitely a good show, and it did not disappoint overall. No, I, I agree. I like I and, and in fact, like I um I I enjoyed the final burial match and the trios match much more than I thought I would. So kudos to them on that one. Uh, again, the tag match I didn't care too much about no, except no. for the end. Like the right. ending <laughs> for me was a big thing. So uh, what was your match of the night? Oh, um, geez. Um, so much of that first hour was so good. Geez, I would almost, I might almost pick the Elite versus House of Black or the Texas Death Match, I think, were the two that really, uh, I really enjoyed. Yeah, you know what? Me too. I, I, I think, I think I would, I, I begrudgingly am going to say, the elite versus house of black based solely on the fact that the, the like the interactions of buddy matthews and kenny omega and yeah, malachi yeah. black and, yeah. Ke and kenny omega they were really really well done hmm. yeah i like the fact that it was a different style match yeah. for trios it wasn't just all about high flying and crazy stuff like that and i want to once again give kudos to the warm-up show because yes. i really did enjoy it there's there's 
you know, when you're watching WWE, those things are the bane of your existence. They're never fun. They're always just really annoying and nothing really gets accomplished. At least with this one, they had some fun with it. They presented one killer match and they pushed the show that was coming up. So yep. I thought that was good. Now, okay, that's the end here. I got a quick question, though, okay. before we wrap this up here, because the show is called Revolution. And when AEW started up and they first hit the the ground and running and it was very, you know, good and entertaining out of the gate. It was it was definitely like the AEW revolution is underway. Um but over the last little while there's been a lot of talk with the ratings not doing as good and WWE getting hot again that AEW has lost some momentum. So my question to you, Mr. Joe Aguinaldo is is the AEW revolution over? No, not at all. <laughs> no. Like, look, every show, including Raw, including SmackDown, you're going to have your peaks and valleys. And, like, you know, you and I had actually talked about this even when they first started. Um, like, there are going to be periods where they're going to go through rough patches. And it's, you know, this is where, you know, you see or we'll see how good Tony Khan and his creative team are at, at, you know, moving stuff forward. But I, I, I'm not going to say that they're losing momentum just yet. I mean, I think they're, they're definitely in a, in a dip, but again, every company goes through that. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not ready to throw the towel in on AEW just yet, just because, you know, in their, in their first four years, they're, they're running into a little bit of adversity and like, let's, let's be realistic about it too. Sure, they're not getting a million viewers. I mean, there's, you know, they, they, they're, they're definitely, um, you know, not. They don't, they don't have as many viewers as as they've had in the past. But they're still maintaining like top five in the demo, which is, you know, important at least from an advertising perspective. Uh, if you, if you, you know, believe sort of the the business articles that I that you're seeing, you know, like the, the Warner Brothers seems to be happy with them. So at this point, like I, again. Are they dipping? Yes. Are they losing momentum? I I think that's still a little too early to say. Yeah, I I asked just because I got a lot of feeling from reading stuff on the SNME Facebook page that a lot of people were passing on this show and they weren't they didn't feel that the the stories were strong enough or that they were captivated enough to purchase this pay-per-view. So I just was curious to see what you thought. Yeah, and and again, there you're not going to hit a home run every pay-per-view you're not going to hit a home run every tv it's that's just that's just business like it's it's just the way it is right Mm -hmm. so uh, again am i going to say this was the strongest build to a show or the strongest pay-per-view no but am i going to say that they they're losing momentum or they're about to like close shop or anything like that no i'm not saying that either (laughs) so well and i definitely didn't feel like i wasted my time to no i did not either like like i i paid my 39.99 us for the show and I felt like I got my money's worth. I had a fun time watching the show. Like you said, it was it was a long show, but it was a really well-paced show. So. Okay, I think it's time to put it to bed, Joe, because you and I need to go to bed because <laughs> we got to get up and go to work in the morning. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back again, of course, on Wednesday with Dynamite and see what the follow-up is from the pay-per-view. So join us for that. Yes, absolutely. And uh, by the way, just one last thing to uh, to the patrons out there. Uh, we just wanted to let you know that uh, this is actually our last aftercast, our last after party, whatever you want to call it. 
as uh, Dan and I are going to be riding off into the sunset in the ne- next little while. But uh, we'll we'll give you guys some more details about that as we move forward. Dan, thanks a lot for staying up with me and uh, <laughs> catch, catch you later, man. OK, take care. All right. See you later, tough guy.